18-year-old Gia Fluta was reported missing after she left her Maple Valley home in Washington State on Friday, July 24th, and never returned. The missing girl left her home that morning and didn't tell her parents where she was going, which seemed strange. Her parents said that Gia was really social and that she loved to just get up and go, but she typically told her parents where she was going, whether she was going out with friends, to go on a hike, or to get coffee. Gia's brother Dominic was the last person to see her that morning. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Gia Fuda. Let's get after it. Gia Fuda was born in... Hold on, man. I got to tell you something. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Everybody loves when I interrupt. Um, Man, I saw something weird. Some sort of four-legged animal crossed the road in front of me a couple nights back, but it was not a dog. It was not a cat. I have no idea what it was. It looked weird as shit. I'm not saying it was a cryptid, but it's the closest thing I've ever seen one. Person with me couldn't identify it either. I was going to say, have y'all staked out the area in which you've seen it? No, it was actually on the road to the location we were going. So oh. it was probably close by. Dang. Well, not to try to Timmy Topper you today, but we saw on the way to eat this evening what I thought was a dog, but this had to be the biggest dog I've ever seen. It was probably 100 yards away, and I'm not lying to you. The more I looked at it, it looked like a female lion. That's how big it was. But it had to be a dog. It had to be some kind of golden retriever or something like that, but that thing was massive. Broad daylight. Oh, wow. But anyway. So we both seeing cryptids. Yeah, we may be both smoking be the same. Scratch. May be smoking the same stuff. Uh, well, we got a we got a five star review. If you want me to go over it, yeah, man, let's do it. On Monday, we got friendly feeling podcast from the real Albert. I found mysterious brews by searching for conspiracy theory podcast to listen to. They have become my number one podcast, and it's quite funny to hear the coach and Arlo talk back and forth. A warm, friendly feeling style of podcast that is easy to enjoy. Basically, he likes us giving each other shit. Yeah, that's what I that's what I gathered. Yeah, that's what I gathered. Our witty banter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's basically just ball breaking. Yeah, that's right. Thick skin, you gotta have thick skin. So Gia Fuda was born in two thousand two in Skakomish. Washington, and that is just 70 miles west of Seattle. Now, Gia graduated from Tahoma High School in early June 2020, where she was a standout in volleyball. She stands 5 foot 8 inches tall and weighs 165 pounds with brown eyes and long brown hair. 
Gia drove a 2008 Coachmobile Toyota Corolla. However, it was not black, but that car is solely responsible for our listeners still being able to hear the sultry sounds of the coach. Yeah, it saved my life. It did. I flipped. I fell asleep at the wheel, and I flipped my car like six times, but it held up. The good old Corolla. I mean, it was a total Ricky Bobby moment. Like, I'm upside down. This is not good. (laughs) I thought I was done. Oh, man. Now, Gia loved to frequent coffee shops, go hiking, and visit the Bellevue Park. She was very active in three churches, Motion Church, City Hall Church, and Real Life Church. Gia was... Who's got that kind of time? I don't know, man. That's what I was thinking. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's volunteering all over the place. There's only so many churches you can see on a Wednesday and a Sunday. So, Gia was last seen by her brother, Dominic, on July 24th, 2020. She had told him that she was going to grab a coffee and possibly go hiking. Now, depending on what you read, that story kind of changes, and it's not nefarious changing. I think it's one of those things where I think he got his days confused, but we'll get into it. Now, Gia's car was last seen west of Stevens Pass on U.S. Highway 2, Inside the car, police found her purse, wallet, but her cell phone was missing. Now, a cursory search of her cell records showed that it was not powered on. The car, however, was out of petrol. Now, there were overnight bags that she had packed for a visit with a friend. And the area where her car is found is described as a heavily wooded but very moderate traveled Highway 2. Now, the area is known for having spotty cell service despite there being a lot of recreation destinations nearby. And her last ping was in that area where the car was located. Now, the car was just 10 miles from the nearest gas station. There are conflicting reports coming out of the media with her mom stating, quote, she's very social, she loved to just get up and go, you know, Her father, Bob, would add that she was very independent. Now, when Gia didn't come home Friday night, they knew something wasn't right. Quote, it's like it's not even happening. Doesn't feel real. I mean, literally, how could this happen to our daughter, Kristen would say. Now, Gia would often get up and go for a hike or get coffee with friends, but would always tell her family where she was headed. Her mother, Kristen, would go on to state, quote, After midnight, she didn't come home. We knew something was wrong because she is normally home by then, or she at least calls us or texts us. Now, this is where the brother's conflicting reports come in. You know, he says that he saw her and she told him that she was going to a hike and to get coffee. And then it later comes out in another article that he saw her walk out the door carrying several bags as if she were going somewhere to stay So, again, I don't really think there's anything to, you know, kind of glean from that. I think he gets his days confused. She had packed, but I guess her packing, she didn't tell her family because the way her mom is in the press stating that, quote, she had packed, you know, so that's just odd. He asked, the brother asked her where she was going and she didn't say anything. We don't have any idea where she was going. We don't know why she was up there. Her father, Bob, would add. 
a lot of times when we, in the cases we deal with, you know, we're, we're looking at these, everything that's said and kind of dissecting it. But again, everything that I could read and tell, there really wasn't anything like her brother didn't have anything to do with it. Kind of like, yeah, she comes and goes all the time. One day she may have told me she went and get coffee and, oh yeah, I might've remembered that she had some bags with her. So I, again, I don't think it's anything nefarious. Yeah, but she didn't even take her bags with her though. She left them in the car. That's the oddest part of it. I guess the oddest part so far is she has not told her parents where she was going. And I think I read somewhere that she had talked to her aunt or a friend that was. I she told them that she was going to school, oh. going to class or something. Wasn't that what it was? Know. I don't know. There's there's not a whole lot. That, when you type this in, you don't get a whole lot about what led up to this case. You just get the outcome of the case. Yeah. But police in Washington State asked the public to help by handing over any dash cam footage they would have. They are specifically looking for any footage with a Corolla on the side of the road with a woman in it and to see whether she was with someone else or if she was alone. They are also looking for any other vehicles that might have pulled over to the side of the road alongside Gia's Corolla. Now, detectives brought in bloodhounds and searched the area for three days and came to the hypothesis hypothesis that it was possible Gia was picked up by someone she didn't know, which would lead you to believe that the bloodhounds kind of tracked her for a little bit and then kind of just lost the scent like she got into a car. Now, detectives did do a tremendous job searching and retracing Gia's route. They determined that Gia had stopped at a coffee shop east of Index, Washington, and that was also located on U.S. Highway 2 Friday morning before she ran out of gas. However, they don't have any video of her after she left that coffee stand. The way that that's explained is that is right next to a gas station, so... Is it one of those, she's 18, she wasn't paying attention, thought she had more gas than she did? Uh, I don't know. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. But you would think if you're stopping to get coffee and you're going to make a long trip where you have overnight bags, you would double check to make sure you had enough fuel to get where you were going. Now, she in the video, she was wearing a red sweatshirt, which was located in her car when they find her car. So it was believed that she was also wearing a gray t-shirt when she disappeared because in another still of the footage, it shows her with the sweatshirt tied around her waist and you can see her in that gray t-shirt. In the coffee shop, she has a red mask on that matches her sweatshirt. Sergeant Abbott would state that it's so rural that there's not a lot of businesses that have surveillance video in the middle of nowhere, so that's why we're hoping someone has some dash cam videos. And then, like I said, you know, they released the uh, stills from that security camera, and they were saying that since she had on the sweatshirt and then she took it off, she was planning on, you know, various weather conditions i guess starting off in the morning it's going to be cooler and then by the afternoon it's going to warm up in one still like i said she had a hair tie around her wrist and her uh red face mask to match her red sweatshirt in another one she's got that sweatshirt tied around her waist she's got the gray t-shirt on and she has pulled her hair back into a ponytail so 
theories begin to surface that one of two things may have happened. Either Gia planned a trip and ran out of gas and was picked up by someone she did not know, or she planned the whole thing out and was going to drive her car until it ran out of gas with a tail car behind her to hop into so that she could leave town. Now, while that is plausible, it just doesn't seem like it was in her nature. She is very family-oriented. And like her mom and dad had stated in the press, that she would always call and let them know. But it's still kind of odd that they didn't know where she was going. Well, at least in the articles that I read. Like you said, she may have either been going to school or somewhere. I swear it it may be another case, but I think it was an aunt or somebody in Seattle. But anyway. Well, bottom line is nobody knew where she was going. Right. I mean, regardless of what they told, she may have told her parents uh, or whatever. She didn't go. She basically just went. Yeah, she just got up. Yeah, on a road trip, which doesn't make any sense. The sad thing about this whole ordeal is that tragedy is no stranger to her family. In April of 2004, Gia's older sister, Callie, was tragically killed after she was hit by an Amtrak train in Seattle. Callie was just 18 years old when she uh, passed away. The Everett Herald reported at the time that Callie was struck while crossing railroad tracks by a passenger train that was traveling around 35 miles per hour. Now, the Herald article... I don't... See, and that's the other thing. I don't know. I mean, is it one of those things where you think you've got enough time, but what are you doing trying to cross the railroad tracks? I don't know, man. That's, That's weird. When... Callie passed away. Gia was only two, and so she has a little bit of memory of her older sister, but still, I mean, for her parents to have already buried one daughter and now a second daughter goes missing, it it has to be, you know, we've talked in the past, how do you lay your head down at night? I just don't see how they kept their sanity. I couldn't do it, man, honestly. Now, there was a Reddit user... Cat3201 that stated right after Gia disappeared that Gia worked at a salon that this person used to go to and she stated that rumor was she was getting money from people online for sending them TikTok videos. Now she supposedly had a quote sugar mama she met online who was sending her money and gifts. Theory around town is she was meeting up with a lady and running away with her. Now the and that was the rumor going around town now this this user states that when she first heard of her disappearing that she immediately started thinking of missing 411 theories and guess what ladies and gentlemen that's why we're doing it 8 to 9 days after Gia disappeared she is found by King County Search and Rescue in a Facebook post on that search and rescue site they stated the following that they had began searching or they were still continuously searching and bloodhounds had picked up her scent approximately one and three quarter miles west of her car now like we stated previously the nearest gas station was about 10 miles away they searched the area around where the bloodhound had tracked to and approximately 2.45 p.m., a deputy and a couple of search and rescue volunteers found a notebook. And they were following a creek from where they found the notebook, and then they started finding some clothes, and then they found some shoes. About two miles up a very steep ravine, still following the creek, 
they found Gia alert and conscious. They would give her basic medical support and aid there, and then they transported her back to the highway, and she was stated as being in stable condition, and she was approximately three to four miles from where her car was located. Yeah, when they found her, she said she was just like, I, I don't know where I am. And she, she, she said, I, I think I've been out here two or three days. Yeah, she thought she had been gone for three days, and she's actually gone for, what, nine? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you mistake that? Yeah, that's a big difference. That's, you know, I can see it being, you know, you think you're gone three days, and it's been five days, but three, you think you've been gone three days, and it's actually been nine days. I mean, that's a huge difference. Yeah, and they, uh, you know, they they got on the right track to find her because she started shedding things, and very paradoxically, when we talk about the four one one, she met, she matches several cases with the four one one because she's going to shed her shoes and her socks, she's going to get rid of her jacket, she's going to get rid of her backpack, she's going to get rid of her cell phone. It just doesn't make any sense. The biggest thing is the more I, you know, I, there's a, oh, it's just going to be my recommendation. There's a YouTube channel, and he goes over three four, missing 411 cases. He does about one of those videos every two weeks. But the more I listen to his videos, and he's pulling them straight from the books, is the shoes thing, man. I mean, just about every person, they find their shoes. Or if they find their clothes, they're neatly folded. Yeah. That's the oddest thing, man. But anyway. It is very odd. So the immediate question when they found her is how she got into that area. Now, she would have had water from the creek. Um, She did not have any food, but they did locate huckleberries in the area. And it comes to find out in later press releases that she did eat huckleberries and she was drinking from the creek. Now, the search area was a very large area to cover, and it was made even more difficult because there was a very thick underbrush. And if you get online, and we'll try to post a picture of the highway, and I think there's a pin that someone has, has dropped to where she was located, and it's a satellite image, and you, can, you can't see through the canopy of the, the trees. I mean, it's, it's thick up above, but they said it's, it's just equally as thick underneath. So it's very rare to find someone alive after being gone eight to nine days. And the search and rescue coordinator stated that this was the second longest to find someone alive. And the longest was 10 days for that search and rescue team. They had already decided that the search for her would be ending within one to two days when they discovered her. And it appeared to people that she was walking down the hill, possibly toward the nearest gas station. But she had traveled almost two miles uphill to begin with. And everything, and that's one thing, that's another thing. Uh, when we talk about these missing 411 cases, there's a lot of people that go missing that are huge outdoor. I guess enthusiast is a lack of better word, but they know that when the temperature starts dropping, that they don't need to go uphill because you're just accelerating that temperature drop. But for her to travel uphill, yeah, I, 
Well, I would assume that she went uphill to probably to try to get better cell service, wouldn't you think? Well, that's what I was thinking, but they're, I don't know if the, somebody had stated that they thought it was either that or she was going up there to see if she could get a better vantage point to see, I guess, to get her a sight line toward the, the gas station. From what I could gather, she was scared of walking down the actual highway because she was afraid someone would try to pick her up. Yeah. Still, it just don't make any sense. I mean, why did she – A, why did she even try to go up there? Maybe self-service, maybe whatever. But why Why didn't she take her purse? Why didn't she take anything that of use? And then – the things she did take, she started getting rid of. Why would you do that? I don't see. That's another question is the, one of the biggest questions in or on Reddit was why did she leave her purse? But the other question is why not leave some kind of note on your car stating, you know, at least who, not really who you are, but I guess they were trying to say like out of gas left to go get gas or something like that. Kind of a, you know, I guess a, a breadcrumb trail is to just not like vanished out of thin air. Well, and then there's another question. I mean, why, why on earth do you get rid of your shoes? I see. That's another thing I don't understand. That's the, that's the biggest thing with me in all of these cases is all the missing shoes. And then if they do find shoes or if they find socks later on, they only find like maybe one or two toe bones in the shoe or the sock. Yeah. And it's not like predation because there was somebody, it was a case I was just listening to the other day. He was in Alaska and he had told the park rangers that he was where he was going. And so they had to go up there and check something. And they were, I think, 20 minutes from him and decided that they would just go check on him. And when they got up there, there was no wildlife. He had food out around his tent. Nothing had come in. And see, that's another big thing that I hadn't seen a lot of until recently is if they do find these missing campers, not necessarily hunters, but campers, they find food out in the open, but no animal has scavenged it. Well, yeah, when we like with Aaron Hedges, he'd been missing for almost a year and they just found a, a cup of, energy drink just sitting there yeah the way it's reported is that you know the can wasn't even weathered it's kind of like he had yeah. just drank out of it yeah it's just that's very odd extreme i mean another question with dia is you have to what about the missing time she was up there for nine days are you telling me that she didn't realize she'd been gone for nine days how do you sun up sundown sun that's up, sundown, my, yeah sun that's up. that's what i was gonna say when you said that about the three to nine days just the how many nights can you remember? How many times were you? Because you know she was cold. It's just chilly up there when the sun goes down. She didn't have a jacket. Yeah, she didn't take her sweatshirt and she she threw her jacket down. I mean, it may have been hot in Washington at that time, but not at night. I don't know. It's got to get chilly. I just I hang on the shoes all the time though, man. It just it it amazes me, especially the way they explained she was two miles up that steep ravine. And you're trying to tell me you're going to walk up a, a creek. The way it's explained, it's kind of like some sheer rocks in there. You could have just sliced your feet all the hell and back. Taking the shoes off just makes no sense. None. 
I don't know, man. It's just, it's odd. Now, the only details that I was able to find state that Gia told her parents she got out of her car and took her cell phone to call for help, but got lost. Quote, there's no reception up there, so she was going to get reception or help. She got down the road and got up into the forest and the woods thinking she could get in, get to a bridge and got turned around up there is what her father would state. Now, he would go on to state that, quote, she's doing amazing after eight days of no food, eating berries up there. She said she was eating berries. She's an amazingly strong girl. But that's it. I mean, I don't think she's done any. I don't think she's done any interviews. No, uh, she hasn't. I, I looked. She's not She's not talked about it. She was. Kind of strange. They said the people that found her noticed that she was a bit scratched up, but nothing that would lead them to believe that she had been out in the woods for nine days. She was dehydrated, but not majorly dehydrated, and she didn't have any medical issues. I think they kept her overnight just to monitor, but there's a picture of her, I think, in the hospital with her mom, and she looks great for someone that's been in the wilderness for nine days. So It just don't make any sense how she survived, why she even went where she went. We don't have any answers, and we could if she would just talk. Right. Now, the New York Times would go on to release an article stating that the searchers found her notebook, jacket, shoes, socks, backpack, a Bible, and cell phone along the scenic creek. Thirty minutes later, after they had traveled up the creek, they find her sitting on a rock. Yep. And And... She was surprised to see people and to learn that she had been missing for nine days, according to the New York Times article. Now, that article does state that the nights were warmer, and so that helped her not or suffer hypothermia. Now, the rescue team leader, Greg Prothman, who said that she had stayed in roughly the same area, made it much easier to find her. I understand when you're doing a search and rescue and it's a huge search area, that if you find some clothes and stuff and then you find her, that is, you know, she's technically in the same area. But I want to say after they found her belongings, she was anywhere from 1.2 to 2 miles away from the last article that they could tie to her. So that's, I don't feel like that's close. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. But anyway, she would tell rescuers on the walkout that she panicked when her Corolla ran out of gas. She pulled over on the side of Highway 2 near Stevens Pass and Scenic Falls, and she wandered into the Cascade Mountains with what she could grab, which doesn't make a lot of sense why you wouldn't take your purse, but... Well, maybe, I mean, honestly, she may have thought she was just going to come right back, you know? Maybe so. And I guess she thought she was going to cut through the forest to cut off some of those miles between her and the gas station and you know they just chalk it up to her getting lost in the forest but my thing is that would be fine if you found her within a day or two or even three but you find her nine days later nine days so that just like all of the nasty nasty all of the nice missing 411 cases leaves you with more questions than answers there's a lot of theories out there that it's a time slip or you're, you're in and out of different reality or God knows what, but she doesn't 
I guess the thing that's kind of different with her is she's old enough that she could have done a interview and said, hey, I remember walking into the forest and the next thing I know, and I mean, and that'd be it. But she's not. So, I mean, and I know David Pilatus has stated in previous interviews that he's done that he doesn't ever reach out directly to the family. But if the family contacts him, he will try to talk to the person. So I wonder if anybody from her family's contacted him. I don't know. And the thing is, if you look into that area around the Cascades, that's one of the, his clusters. I want to say there's 10 disappearances up there, but I may be wrong. Counting hers. I mean, there's not a whole lot of theories with the missing 411. I know a lot of people have stated that they think it's feral people abducting if they don't find a body and then there's the time slip, there's the alternate uh, reality into another dimension. But other than that, man, there's just, there's more questions than there are answers. It's just, it's this extremely odd case. And it's probably one of the odder ones that we've done since she was found live. And, you know, usually when, and I may be mistaken, I've not read all of, I've not read any of his books, but I've tried to keep up with most of the cases. When they find them alive, it's usually small children that can't really verbalize what's been going on. I think, and I'm not 100% accurate on this, but I think she's, I think one of the older survivors to have been gone as long as she has. Yeah. And it's just weird that she hadn't talked about it. That's my biggest thing, yeah. It confused me as well, like, the whole world wants to know what happened. It's kind of like that family in Australia. You could put a lot of questions to rest if you would just oh, talk. Oh, yeah, the Trump family? Yeah. They still haven't talked. So let us know what you think about these crazy missing 411 cases. But we'll get into recommendations. And the YouTube channel that I was referring to is Mr. Ballen, B-A-L-L-E-N. I believe he is either ex-Special Forces or ex-Navy SEAL, and he does everything. He does missing 411 cases. He does strange sightings. I think he posts like anywhere from three to five times a week. They're about 15 minutes. You don't necessarily have to watch them. You can turn them on and, and just listen to him. He does put yeah, some pictures up. He's got a long list of 411 cases. He's got his own, uh, his own playlist. Yeah, it's, I think there's like 25 episodes on his playlist for Missing 411, so I'm about halfway through it, and there's some doozies. There's a lot of them that we've covered, too. Oh, yeah. So what's your recommendation there, Coop? I'm going to recommend the YouTube page, The Missing Enigma, which is where I, I found a really good video on Gia. But he does mostly 411 cases as well. He's really good. He's got a good voice, and he's got some of the worst drawings you've ever seen. <laughs> The worst animations, but it's good. It's a very good YouTube page. Well, there you have it. A dual YouTube recommendation. Well, Coach, you got anything else? No, I don't. All right. Uh, deuces. <laughs>